Yeah. And, and I want to say that was the hardest part for me is that, you know, because I wasn't networking a lot or like doing a lot in the professional world before I graduated and retired from swimming, there was always that, that, um, stereotype for lack of a better word that, you know, all companies love athletes. They love, you know, you know, the, the work ethic and you'll have no problem finding a job. And the only thing I had to fall back on in some of my earliest interviews was the fact I was a swimmer and they're looking at me like no one cares. <laughs> and you are tuning in to why not sports with the homie D Murph. So why not? Why not? Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? Yeah. Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? D Murph. You a fool for this one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, world. I know you got Murph. You've done it again. Uh, a great first time guest. Murph, how, how do you do it? Well, first of all, I, I still don't know. I, you know, I just know, you know, Mrs. Lawrence. I'm telling, you know what? Mrs. Lawrence admin has a team that reached out to me and just getting to know her on the social media aspect. Uh, very similar stories as you guys, well, at least for those listeners who've been rocking with me from 2016, first time listeners, I'll give you a quick synopsis after or a quick overview after we introduce our great guest, uh, a swimmer, collegiate athlete, uh, entrepreneur, mom, corporate world, like so many different hats, so many different accolades and entrepreneur back in the world of sports. Where I see her rocking her Eastern Michigan University sweatshirt, my alma mater in the NCAA tournament going against, you know, the Crimson Tide. That's another story for another day. But world, we have mental performance coach, performance reimagined, where you train your mind like you train your body. Mm-hmm. World, help me welcome Mrs. Lauren Ammon to Why Not Sports. Well, thank you, Dean Murph. I appreciate it. Excited to be here. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for, you know, again, taking time and rocking with me. Now, we got to get we got to get to know the history behind this great individual such as yourself. Where. So you are one of a few swimmers in your family. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. How did the yeah. love for swimming for the family come about? Yeah, so I, so this actually, the the start of swimming in my family actually goes back to my father when he mm. was four years old and he almost drowned. And mm. so when he became a father, it was his go-to of my daughters need to know how to swim. That's cool. And, That's you know, from, from more of a life-saving activity and then it spiraled out of control. <laughs> In terms of, uh, I have two older sisters, they were already swimming, and 
as the story or as this as my mom tells the story i had a lot of energy and i asked for a lot of snacks so she threw me into the pool as well and the rest is history as they say because i absolutely fell in love with the sport and never wanted to do or be anything else they never pressured me to stay they never pressured me to leave it was all me and i felt so much like myself in a swimming pool that i didn't want to be anywhere else Shout out to shout out to Pops and making sure his family is safe. I know actually this summer, my boys are going to take swimming lessons, mm-hmm. by the way. So mm-hmm. one of my, I know this isn't funny, but it has some type of sense of humor because of my height. I'm 6'7". So I can stand straight up without having to, you know, really be consumed or worried about the amount of water. Now I am... Aware of my surroundings to where I know if it's like a Gulf of Mexico or a large body of water, I probably won't go in too, too deep. So that's just for me. But that is something, a goal of mine, mm-hmm. to, to, to your point, is to learn how to swim effectively. I won't be a, a world-class swimmer such as yourself and your family, but just enough to where I can, you know, make it safely back to shore. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't shoot a basketball if you had $10 million. Like, here, make this basket and you'll get $10 million. But like, well, you can keep the $10 million because it's never going to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Now, I know you guys get this question a lot. Mm-hmm. And you can be biased because I know I'm biased. Who is the I'm, best swimmer in the family? I mean, I'm going to say me. For sure. <laughs> but here's where it somewhat differs. Both of my sisters were more stroke uh specialty so my oldest sister swam breaststroke and my middle sister swam butterfly which were their best uh events i swam distance freestyle we all swam distance freestyle but i was better of distance freestyle but that's where i specialized gotcha good again there's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that so now we doing our thing in high school elite swimmer did we have a shoe box or shoe boxes Full of athletic scholarships or just this, you know schools that was reaching out wanting you to be a part of their team how did you end up choosing Eastern Michigan that's a great question so in my infinite wisdom as an 18 year old I grew up in uh, so I'm from Cincinnati though for anybody who knows anything about the geography of Cincinnati it's like Northern who they oh my bad I know who they <laughs> <laughs> a big uh, uh, blindside today for Joe Burrow, so extremely excited about that. Um, my bad world. Yeah. So I, I actually grew up in northern Kentucky. So in my infinite wisdom at 18 years old, I said, I know I don't want to go anywhere in Kentucky, which would have been, you know, very economical for my parents. But you know what? I was a, a headstrong little 18-year-old, and I didn't want to go anywhere in Ohio. I also wanted to go to a school where I knew I had a chance of being on the traveling team and being a, a, a big contributor to the success of the team. So don't go somewhere where I'm a small fish in a big pond, but also don't go somewhere where I was a big fish in a small pond. It was right. like, how do I find kind of that that medium pond, but also had room to grow? Uh, and so I started looking at Mac schools. And again, even though there are some great Mac schools here in Ohio, 
I said no, uh, and um, had to connect some connections to people at Eastern Michigan. And when I went, I just had the time of my life uh, doing things that recruits probably shouldn't do, but happened anyway, and loved everything about it. Amen. And and world, don't ask me how my recruiting trip went. That was I, I forgot. I'm a I'm I'm a much mature guy now. That's producing exactly. and giving you guys content with Mrs. Lauren right now. That's maybe for maybe never. Overall, uh, <laughs> exactly. It was a different time. It was a totally exactly different time. totally on, different world. era. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So no, that no, that's that's great. But you you, you but you had options. Which was great, which in, which has helped us in life, because we will have options, and it is best if we have options. That way, we don't feel forced to do something we don't want to do, or forced to just be put in a position to where we consider ourselves, or what most people will say we're in a box. So we go to Eastern Michigan. We're very successful. College is over with. Our career is done. What what was that moment like for you to say, okay, now, you know, do I enter the real world? Do I see how I can, you know, you know go to professional ranking and see how I can still contribute to swimming? How was that for you? Yeah. So, you know, for anybody who knows anything about swimming in the United States, one, it's super competitive. Uh, and there was no way I was making it to the Olympic ranks or even into Olympic trials. So when I was done my senior meet, it was like, OK, I know this is it. Gotcha. And I wasn't going to go into the into the master's world, which is just anybody who's outside of school and retired and then to go into master's. It just wasn't my jam. <laughs> um, at the time when I graduated, it was well, let me take a step back. When I was done with my swimming career, I knew it was coming, but I was in denial. Okay. Like most uh, of us. Yes. It was one of the hardest things. The moment that my hand touched the wall of the last event I ever swam, it was this like, I, I can feel it now. It was like this rush of, oh my goodness, 17 years is over. Reality there was, Yeah. It yeah. was and almost instantaneously. And it was like, Okay, like it, it, there was all that, that that rush of like, oh, holy crap, what do I do? But also a little bit of excitement of, oh, there's, there's opportunity out there. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't have the greatest last swim meet ever. So I had to kind of deal with the emotion of not performing the way that I wanted to. And, you know, I didn't think about it at the time, but analogy that I talk about now is like, when you are done with your career, there is no like gradual decline. It's like you've reached the top of the mountain, you take a step and you fall all the way off. Um, and so when I see there was a little bit of excitement, some of that was on the way down of like, okay, well, there's opportunities to do something else. But then like a week later, reality set in. It was kind of like, oh, okay, well, I know there are no longer team functions that I have to attend. I don't have to be anywhere, which was freeing in some cases, but overwhelmingly like, mind-blowing that I didn't have anywhere to be or anyone to answer to because that's what I've been doing for the last 17 years of my life and um, I had all intentions my my bachelor's degree is in political science so I had all intentions of going to law school so when reality set in of okay I don't have swimming anymore okay I'm gonna focus on law school I know I've got to take my LSAT in May or whatever it was at the time 
got through that, you know, graduated from college, got into the LSAT and uh, did not do very well at mm -hmm. all to the point where the score wasn't going to get me into any law school. Okay. And I thought, hmm, well, here's another reality setting in. So mm -hmm. now I no longer have the thing that I love to do, which helped me like escape from quote unquote, the real world and all the crap that I was dealing there. And now I don't have my backup plan. Uh, I see all of my friends getting jobs and doing all these things who are former athletes doing all these great things. Here I am sitting in my parents' house figuring out what the hell am I gonna do next. That's typical. More than a very high percentage of us at that particular time between 22 and 24 still figuring it out but no one ever talked about it mm. that, that was the thing at, 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 when i was going through it i literally just had this conversation with my sisters a m month ago i've been removed for 19 years so that means my oldest my middle sister has been removed for 24 and my oldest sister for 26. And I, I finally asked them, I said, did you guys struggle after you graduated and you didn't have swimming anymore? And they both chimed in immediately and said, oh my God, yes. I'm like, why are we talking about this two decades later? <laughs> why is no one talking about this? And I, like to this day, it almost brings tears to my eyes just thinking about what some athletes go through if they don't have the uh, resources to support them through that transition. At the same time, that's why we have you. And I'm contributing as well in the similar space to let, you know, our, you know, men and women student athletes know that you still can't, you know, be successful. The only thing that I would go back and would have done different, and I've said this numerous times, I would have been a better networker. Much better and following up and, and establishing solid rapport with people of influence. Like I had a, good, I had an episode with my college coach, Coach Ronnie Arrow, a few years ago. Look it up for those uh, first time listeners. Yeah, go look it up. And for those new listeners and, and listeners that just want to refresh her. And I told him, I, I, I took you guys for granted. I, I really did. I know I was a young bull mentally uh, you know I got this no I don't and I didn't <laughs> so coach I'm sorry when you were telling me you know go Murph go you know go play professionally you know no I'll make more money with my degree in, in business and accounting and compared to you know getting chumps you know I was going I was just you know young and stubborn but overall yes I, so I told him, you know, I, if I would have listened and, you know, kept in contact with the people that he was leaning or they were leaning toward for me to stay in contact with. But again, you might not would have why not sports or we might not would have had the performance coach such as yourself giving back to these student athletes and men or women who still figuring out at our age. Because it sounds like we was around the same class, 2004. Yeah, yeah. Just throwing it out there. My calculation yeah. is still on point, world. But. And I, I love it. It's great. Yeah, and we both played winter sports, technically. Right? Hey, hey. Mm -hmm. So, yes, It would have been done so. around the same time. I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely. You went a little Absol bit longer than I did. Yeah, yeah. But overall, season. I'm locked in. The list is like, Murph, we love you. The new list is like, man, is he like this every time? Yes. Go back from 2016. 
up until now you see i've been consistent i might have maybe stuttered and maybe on on however same energy same overall mm-hmm. so now we we reach a point to where you know what my my, my friends my peers their work and being successful what was that first secure job that you had well actually i went back to school <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I got I got my master's degree. It was um, I was having a conversation with my mom of basically what the hell do I do now? Like, okay, I, nice. I don't know what to do. And mm-hmm. we were having a good conversation. She said, "Hey, you loved law, so why don't you look at human resources? There's an element of law." And so I had the opportunity um, again applying to the University of Cincinnati, go Bearcats, uh, getting a full scholarship to that as well. So um, always, always appreciative of the schools who, have, sure. who believed in me enough to pave my way through it. Um, so I spent a year going full time, and then uh, I was lucky enough to land a job uh, just after I graduated, or just before I graduated. So it was kind of like that uh, pep in my step again of, right, okay, I went to school, that's where I was comfortable, you know, I I was able to network for the first time in my life, figuring that out. (laughs) Um, And then I went into, quote unquote, the real world in May, June of 2007. So therein lies, right, that time of year or that time of history when, you know, things were happening behind the scenes that at the time as a 23, four-year-old, I was ignorant of like, oh, the economy is the economy. This is great. And then the economy came crashing down and I got a, you know, school of hard knocks lesson in terms of what the real world looks like from a corporate standpoint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, okay, we, 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 we land a spot, human resources, hit rock bottom or a sense of reality check. Yeah, yeah. What helped you maintain? I won't say overcome, but what helped you maintain to where it's kind of like, I, I still need my sports because I know I love right. it so much. I need to still, like, I, I, I want to just add to what you're going to uh, allude to is from 2005 to 2016, 11, 10 to 11 years, I'm like, I still need to be around sports. Mm-hmm. I need to be around basketball. This is not fun. Yeah. But to maintain one, I don't know, like, in. In actually the corporate world, I don't know that I was aware of it, aware of this at the time, but what I think helped me really maintain is the level of resilience of being an athlete, right? I mean, how many times have you been knocked on your butt and like having been forced to get yourself yeah, back up and be like, all right, I gotta dust up. myself off and, <laughs> and go. Physically though, I turned to running because I, I, I again, I was, I was an endurance distance swimmer. So I was like, oh, I can take up running. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure, why don't we just try this? Um, so that's what I did. So not only was I able to kind of, again, wasn't necessarily aware of it at the time, but I think that's really what got me through. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, I just have to dust myself off and figure out, okay, every time I walk into a meeting, I'm learning of letting someone go, which was devastating to me. But anyway, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. <laughs> but then in order to like get that out and process that, I, I turned to physical movement because that was the like go-to for 17 years of, well, I, this is my outlet. This is my way to escape and just be not in the situation. Good. That's good. Now, how long were you in the human resource field? Uh, 
just under 15 years. I mean, if we were to do it, I think it's yeah, it's a long time. A little under 15, yeah. Now, uh, now, now we now we're having a conversation because I know with me it was hard for me to change jobs because I was so. One thing about most athletes, today's athletes might be a little different with the transfer portal. When we were coming up, it wasn't no transferring. If you no. signed, you're sticking it out. So for me, it was a loyalty thing. So when I had to switch jobs, it was like, mm, yeah, because all we that's the reason why they might have given me that opportunity because they saw. You know, educated, degree, stayed four years, and you know, so it's kind of like we know he and or she are not leaving. Did you feel that or have that same thought process? Yeah, I mean, I swam for the same team for twelve years in Cincinnati, Ohio. Like I'm used to like being a part around that, and then again going to Eastern Michigan. And I also grew up in a family where my father worked. Eventually, ended up working for the same company for fifty for fifty one years. Nice. Right. So there's that sense of like, oh, that's how this works. That's how it kind of plays out. But. Mm -hmm. There were times I was like, do I want to be loyal to this? Do, yes. is, it, is am I am I being loyal for the sake of being loyal? Yes. Or am I just not feeling this and this is an opportunity <laughs> to right. to go somewhere else? Right. That was probably the hardest part. Be yeah. That was the hardest part because that's what I was so used to, I think. Is like you know, we kind of talked about this before we got on was the idea of being a part of a team and like, yes, in the world of sport, you are competitive and you want to beat out the person who quote unquote holds the same position as you, but there's also that level of respect yes. and connection. I mean, look at, look at professional players. They're all playing for different teams, but how many of them train with one another in Absolutely. off season? Absolutely, doing off season, or, yes. You know, there's, it's this different, Competition translates differently in the sport world versus the non-sport world. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I fit. <laughs> and, and, I, and, we, and I'm going to add to what we talked about offline. Like you representing Eastern Michigan University hoodie. Like how often could you wear that in the professional world now as an entrepreneur for performance reimagined? You can more than likely dictate what you want to wear, how you want to wear, uh, whether it's Cincinnati Bengals, whether it's your Eastern Mid, like Cincinnati, by like whatever you want to do, you can yeah. do that compared yeah. to the corporate world. Yes. So my sis, my oldest sister and I are wildly different. This, uh, she, I love her to death, but she likes to get dressed up. She loves to like be dressed to the nines. And I remember when I was graduating, she's like, you know, you can't wear sweats and stuff to mm -hmm. corporate America. And I was like, in my head, I was like, yeah, I know. Um, but I also didn't realize how much psychologically that messed with me is yes. that, you know, I, I feel most comfortable. I feel most me in sweats, in athleisure, in whatever the case may be. Yes. And I remember when I started my company or when 2020 hit and I was like, see, see now I can wear sweats. Now I can be comfortable. Now I can do and wear what I want to be. And I always thought I was, uh, I hate to use the word crazy, but I always thought I was a little off in terms of like, I hated getting dressed up for work. I hated putting on nice clothes. And I can it hear made me voice. so uncomfortable. <laughs> and it, I, I, I tied it to affecting my performance. I was like, I'm so uncomfortable physically. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, I can't mm -hmm. settle down. I feel anxious all the time. Uh, and for me, that was a true connection. That was a real connection. Yeah. 
and 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 I'm gonna just again just add to that, like you said, just the comfortable comfortability. That's even a word of just knowing you can wear what you want to wear. You're not being judged by your peers, by your counterparts, by the powers that be. However, being in a sports setting such as which we will talk about shortly, you know, you as an entrepreneur running your own company, it's like. Like you said, I'm free. Like if you want to wear your hair, like whatever you want to do with your appearance, you can do it with the utmost confidence. And that's one thing I tell most people, regardless of how you look, if your energy is contagious positively and you have that confidence, they don't care what you look like. Because mm-hmm. with that comes solid performance. I know I'm telling a performance coach about performance, but from... <laughs> My experience as an independent, you know, entrepreneur and still figuring this thing out, I'll say you, you, you can't tell me about my confidence. I feel like no matter where I go, no matter what setting you put me around, I'll be able to, you know, hold my own and and uh, be able to provide some type of results for production to yeah. make me stand out. Yeah. And and I know it sounds maybe superficial, but at the same time, you know, when I was wearing those sorts of clothes, I felt like I was putting on uh, a costume in in a way of, you know, that I wasn't necessarily fully genuine. I didn't feel genuine. You're and acting, that's what so affected my performance. Yeah, you're an actor in that case, yeah. I got to put yeah. on the clothes to play the role. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I it, also, I always use this analogy too. Like, as a swimmer, there is literally nothing left to the imagination. Like you are put on display and everything you are and in, in the, the raw elements of your literal physique is there for everybody. And so I got used to that space of like, this is totally me. This is unfiltered me. And there were times when I went into the professional world, where I felt like putting on that kind of outfit was more of a filter mm-hmm. and that and from a psychological standpoint it was kind of like yeah i don't know that i can reach my peak performance because i feel just uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and that's good and, and we also we want to let the world know we're just speaking from the athletic slash professional standpoint if that's if you prefer to dress a certain type of way, you feel, hey, if I dress a certain way, Murph or, or Mrs. Lauren, this is what makes me feel good and I perform better. We're not condoning what we're talking about. We're just here speaking on our personal experiences, which has yeah. helped us to where you're listening to us right now, whether you've come from Mrs. Lauren to come check me out or from my audience giving Miss Lauren an opportunity. You guys know, regardless of different parts of the world, different sports like-minded individuals so something that's there to wear for that one listener though i want you to know it's okay they're like man i thought i was weird of still wanting to wear my sweats and keep my if i'm you know if i'm a lady or or, or playing girl sports keep my you know uh, hair on a ponytail or if i'm a guy man you know murph i get i get to keep my beard because you know certain schools don't allow me to keep you know my beard or wear my hair anyway just be yourself genuine yeah that's right That's right. And that's actually a core principle of what we talk about with athletes is that, you know, this is my experience. This is my perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's not, I'm not here to tell you be my way. Right. I'm here to tell you be your Your way. way. Find what really allows you to be the most comfortable and mentally, physically, emotionally. 
to allow you the space to find your optimal performance. And that is just, it's something that is uh, very, very monumental in terms of the message we talk about with athletes is, is embracing you because a part of the journey too is that sometimes as an athlete, you maybe miss a little bit of, of figuring out who you are because you're so intent on listening to your coach or to all these people around you who are experts in terms of how to optimize your performance. And sometimes you miss like, wait a minute, is that really what I want? Right. Is that, how do I do this? How do, you know, and there were times when I came out of sport that I was challenged to make a decision in some respects. Cause I was like, well, someone's always been telling me what to do. But that's what we talk about is how do, how do we get you to be most you? And if, if that does include like my sister getting dressed to the nines, doing your For hair, sure. doing your makeup, own it to the nth degree. Right. And, and, and from our point of view, absolutely no judgment in terms of really what works for you. Mm -hmm. That's good. Now, again, I, I know my listeners, I know my audience, they're like, okay, Merv, when did Ms. Lauren stop the human resources professional world to become this, you know, this entrepreneur and this great performance coach? Yeah. So, uh, it was, I had gotten to a breaking point of like, I don't, I, I don't want to stay here. I, I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like I'm performing to the best of my ability. And there's a lot of untapped potential. Uh, so being in human resources, I was always constantly um, interacting with executive coaches or professional coaches, you know, bringing them into organizations for whatever purpose. And I thought, well, I mean, maybe if I stay in human resources or corporate, I can kind of carve my own path. So I went and got my coaching certification. And when I was done, it was kind of like, no, 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 I want to be able to do this on my own. So I initially started really focusing on leadership development and career transition or career development because that's what I knew, right? Professionally, mm -hmm. that's what I had done for nearly 15 years and had a lot of success in that space. But again, it just didn't feel me, right? It was, there was still something bubbling underneath me. And it was actually... Uh, in the 2020 Olympics. And so uh, I had this feeling going in, watching some of these um, interviews leading up to the Olympics, I thought, ugh, the year we've had, these athletes have been dealt this really tough hand. Like, what is this gonna look like mentally or emotionally, right? Fast forward, uh, it was a night that Simone Biles removed herself from competition yep, uh, for that, anybody yeah. who remembers that and mm -hmm. all the social media whirlwind that happened as a result. It was the same night that Katie Ledecky, uh, from a swimming standpoint, won the 1500 meter freestyle mm -hmm. the first time that women ever got to swim it. She won gold, but she was 20 seconds off of her world record. And from a swimming standpoint, it's like, you kind of want both of those things to come together. Of like, I won gold and I, I want to show that I deserved the gold from a timing standpoint. Um, and it was later in that telecast that Michael Phelps came on and he said something that I will never forget. And it was competing is really overwhelming. We just want someone to talk to. We just want someone who listens, who allows us to be vulnerable and doesn't want to fix us. And it was literally in that moment, I had that aha of, holy crap, I can take my career in swimming, pair that with these life lessons I've learned in my, in my life after sport, my coaching certification, and create an organization that works with the athletes to train their minds like they train their bodies. There it is. Now, how did you uh, lock in the name? Actually, that was um, the inspiration from somebody else because I was I I talk about how to look at performance differently, and that it's not about results, and it's not about like 
some of the traditional things that the athletic world teaches or that conditions athletes. But, you know, when you take a look back as an athlete, you're like, oh, these are actually all the things that got me to where I am, not necessarily the standard, like what everyone wants you to believe. And so it was this idea of looking at performance from a completely different angle. And so performance reimagined. Nice, nice. So why not sports? And like we said before, how I took the good, bad and the ugliest sports and how it impacts your everyday life. It's why not sports. Sports has allowed us to travel, open opportunities, and now just like you said, just the lessons learned as an athlete into the corporate world, bundle it all up to where we are today in very similar lanes. And I just wanted to, you know, again, applaud you for that because it's still teammates that I have to this day still haven't had their own opportunities to get that level of excitement or create their own opportunities to get out that job or that period of just whatever to where they're not living as freely as we are to where it's like dude you were you my teammate or you were around me like I'm you seeing what I'm doing so it's possible and that's where in this case coach you would come in and I don't know if there's like a questionnaire or a form that they have to fill out before you can kind of dive in deep. But it's so many of us as former student athletes that maybe are nervous, that are scared, that are just torn or damaged because there have been years of what are you doing? Or, you know, we just don't know how to take notes or we're not looked upon as athletes to where we can you know people tend to be a little more flexible but like you said when reality in the real world hit it's like well, you're just another person mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and and i want to say that was the hardest part for me is that you know because i wasn't networking a lot or like doing a lot in the professional world before i graduated and retired from swimming there was always that that um stereotype for lack of a better word that you know all companies love athletes they love you know you know the the work ethic and you'll have no problem finding a job and the only thing I had to fall back on in some of my earliest interviews was the fact I was a swimmer and they're looking at me like no one cares (laughs) like you know no one cares well jealous they couldn't go to school for uh athletics yeah Yeah, you never know what was behind the scenes in terms of what was going through their minds. But I just remember some of my earliest years and I, the earliest interviews, and it was like, I have nothing to talk about other than my athletic career. And the reality was very few, if any, employers cared about what I accomplished. And I didn't know at the time how to translate my athletic career into the corporate world. Um, and it wasn't until later that it really dawned on me that there was this huge gap, but it was also that reality of, oh, I, I shouldn't say reality. It was my perception of, oh, I guess I'm not special, right? I guess my 17 years as a star is not worth a lick of value right now. So what then? So then the question was, okay, well then what does that mean about me? Does that mean I have no value? 
That's good. That's good. So now, Coach, before we talk about some uh, NFL football, <laughs> I just want to just um, just ask you to let the listeners know while they're tuning in, just kind of you know where they can you know check out the website and do some more uh, digging before the end of the show. So if you yeah. want to let them know the website to uh, where they can find you and the uh, opportunity to uh, uh, work with you. Yeah, absolutely. So the website is performancereimagined.com. Uh, and because we tend to work with high school and college athletes from an Instagram standpoint, it's uh, at performance underscore reimagined underscore. Uh, so those are some of the best places to find us. And right now we're we're all about just creating awareness and content. Um, we've got some big things happening behind the scenes that will be launched in August and start of the new school year for, well, I say that, you know, we start school in August in Ohio and others maybe uh, after Labor Day, but around the end of the summer, early fall. Um, so we're working on some big things that will provide some uh, easy to use in real time resources for the busy student athlete who is going to school, going to practice, school practice, maybe year round practice, um, and offer them the opportunity to get some holistic training when it comes to optimizing their performance mentally and emotionally. Well, you know, you have an advocate right here as well. Uh, I'm originally from the Midwest. You know, I have family in Cincinnati, oh, yes. Westchester to be exact. Oh, uh, all right. Indianapolis. So I'm just saying, if you if you need some 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 assistance, coach, or just some more some more some more firepower, I got you. Absolutely, I love that. Just give me just give me a heads up. You know, I'll, I'll be glad to show my face and, and and add to what the mission is for sure. Yeah, I love that. On the token or the note of Ohio, Cincinnati, <laughs> we got we got Joe, the quarterback. Just start, look at that, like stuff. Yay. <laughs> We got Joe from LSU. The team in the last few years have been very good. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, just couldn't get over the hump. Nope. But as a Cincinnati fan, mm -hmm. what do you believe what it would what it would take to get you guys either back to the Super Bowl mm -hmm. and winning it all? It's a matter of staying on the road that they're on. Uh, the The atmosphere that Zach Taylor has created as a coach is um, electrifying. Uh, for anybody who's not from Cincinnati, you know we're we're sort of a small town, kind of. Uh, we're all very connected. We all know one another, and to say that to, to say that this team has brought the city together is an understatement. And that there, mm -hmm. there truly is a very genuine connection between the team and the city in, in both ways. And how Zach Taylor has, and for anybody who doesn't know, he's a head coach, um, has embraced the city and, and, and almost like plays the games, not just to win, but to give back to a city that has been like hanging on for dear life for this NFL team for as long as any of us can remember, you know, any of us who have been alive, you know, since the eighties. Um, and it really is a matter of staying the course, uh, keeping their heads down in a way, like filtering out some of the 
stuff that is said and some of the commentary that's made, you know, that we're in the AFC. So of course there's always the Mahomes and there's always, well, now there's Aaron Rodgers who's going to be in the hey, AFC. I know, right? Yes. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> who knows what's about to go on in the 23 and three season. Um, but in just believing in themselves and, you know, we just signed um, a huge uh, O-lineman. He's a left tackle who came from Kansas city. Uh, you know, our biggest gap as a team is the O-line and protecting Joe Burrow. And what I, my dream is to one day be able to talk to him to just pick his brain of how is it from a mental standpoint that you show the world at the very least that you keep yourself together even when you are literally back up against the wall or back against the ground and you're trying to find the plays and you keep yourself so easy. That's good. That's a very good question. And as you said best, it's a mental thing that isn't discussed or talked about a lot or enough to be able to pass along or, or just leave clues to where people that's coming before or even now or just, or just the same level can kind of <laughs> work on there, there it is. Sorry, that's, it was coming. That's good. At home. So that's my cue. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That was the last question. We 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 got we got everything from you, your upbringing and swimming, your 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 company. Now we got the the, the NFL team who you represent and, and support. Now this is where you can give us you know the final thoughts. Let us know how we can support and find you. And that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, D Murph. This has been great. I love your energy. I love just the genuineness that you bring to the conversation. And again, for any high school or college athlete out there looking for a community, looking for support that, you know, that that you may already get from mom and dad and from coach, but looking for something outside of them and for somebody who's been through it. Um, and while it's never about me, there's certainly some relatability and credibility in terms of our journeys. And we are always here to support the elite level athlete who is looking to take their talents to the next level whether that whether that's from high school to college or beyond college uh, and so you know we we welcome you with open arms with no judgment and with all of the um appreciation for what you bring to this world well thank you thank you and, and to find Ms. lauren it would be on the show notes like i said be able to uh subscribe go check the website follow her on social media i know i will uh, later on to to just show my support and, and, and look forward to seeing that Instagram post with her and Joe Burrow. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I must put it out there. But overall, world, it's time to go. The dog might bark again. Murph, your time is up. You did your 30. And you're right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at IsDMurph. You can find Why Not Sports on Instagram at Why Not Sports underscore. Similar to uh, Mrs. Lawrence's case, Coach. You, I have a website where you can find me and additional information at www.demurfspeaks.com. Hey, y'all, continue to be safe. <sighs> Don't stress yourself out. It's mental because, as you know, as an athlete, you take the head. Everything else will follow or fall. Overall, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm done with preaching for today. Hey, y'all, we love y'all. Until next time, keep grinding. Keep the faith. Keep on